You're listening to Earth Lads Roundup. show. This is Earth Lads Roundup. My name is Michael Finelli. I'm your host and resident Earth Lad. <laughs> uh, I got a jam-packed show for you today and we're tweaking the format just a little bit. Uh, the plan is to keep this one a little shorter and to just have three basic segments. So uh, we'll do the headlines, then a deep dive, bigger picture section, and then close it out with the happy part. Uh, All right, let's read some news. So on October 7th, Gavin Newsom signed what was called a monumental new law that will encourage more prescribed burns throughout California. Um, So now there's going to be legal protections for the people who are supposed to be conducting those prescribed burns, which apparently there was a substantial impediment to that before. Um, This new law follows a previous one passed in late September that established a prescribed fire training center and appointed a cultural burning liaison. It's a pretty cool title. Um, And uh, yeah, so this is a big deal. As discussed last time, prescribed burns saved some of our most precious giant sequoias. So uh, it's absolutely something that we need more of to clear that excessive kindling that has been building up over the years and allowed recent fires to get so out of control. All right, now a couple local stories. Just last week, uh, Laguna Beach and Huntington Beach both passed resolutions banning offshore drilling. Uh, These are, of course, in response to the big oil spill that happened uh, back in the beginning of October. You know, but these are two extremely conservative cities uh, in a very conservative county. So it's it's really encouraging to see Um, Laguna's ban actually seeks to do away with new and current drilling, uh, whereas Huntington's is just uh, new drilling. Now, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, cities don't actually have jurisdiction over offshore permitting um, that falls to the state and federal government depending on how far out uh, out to sea we're talking but um, you know so these are really just symbolic but they do send a message to both our liberal governor and president uh, that local authorities are aligned against offshore drilling so hopefully um, you know they take that to heart and we'll follow suit Uh, So one more local story. Last month, L.A. County voted to ban all new oil wells. That's huge. Um, They also voted to designate existing oil wells as uh, non-conforming. And so that should help speed up the process of phasing those out. Um, Those oil fields include the Inglewood oil field, which is one of the biggest urban oil developments in the country. So this is a huge environmental justice victory. Uh, You know, the overwhelming majority of people who live near oil developments are people of color. So uh, this is a good news uh, headline here. Um, 
So lastly, less of a good news headline within the ongoing national story about the uh, reconciliation bill in Congress. So arguably the strongest component within the environmental uh, part of that bill is out. (laughs) It's probably not gonna make it into the final version, uh, thanks to Joe Manchin. Uh, It was called the Clean Electricity Performance Plan. I talked about it last time, but essentially it both penalized and incentivized utility companies based on how much clean power they were incorporating into their portfolios. Um, And that was firmly rejected by Senator Joe Manchin. Um, So let's talk about him really quickly. Uh, He is a moderate Democrat from West Virginia who has essentially been wielding veto power over the environmental policies in this bill. Since the Senate needs every single Democratic vote, he and uh, Kirsten Sinema down in Arizona are the two most moderate Democrats, and and they are kind of setting the terms on a number of things. And and Joe, West Virginia is a big uh, coal mining state, and so he has big coal interests, but it's not just about his constituents. Um, you know, he's been a senator there for a while, and he has become close friends with energy executives. You know, he has the uh, he shares cell phone numbers and checks in with them on a regular basis to uh, determine how he should be legislating. Uh, and the guy also founded his own coal brokerage firm back in the late '80s. Um, <laughs> not sure exactly how much he's made off of that, but his stock is somewhere between one and five million dollars and probably uh, closer to the higher end of that because just last year he brought in um, almost half a million dollars from his uh, coal firm. And this is the person deciding the fate of the planet. So pretty uh, pretty upsetting stuff to think about, especially because he represents a state that has a population just barely higher than the city of Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, so the Senate is a uh, problematic force in our democracy, but we don't need to go down that wormhole today because as infuriating as all of that is, uh, the CEPP <laughs> wasn't actually the biggest part Uh, of the bill in terms of limiting carbon emissions. So that's encouraging. There are still lots of other clean energy and clean vehicle tax credits that would incentivize both individuals and businesses to lower their carbon footprints. Um, I I fall pretty firmly in the doing something is way better than doing nothing camp. And at the moment, it's looking like they might actually get something passed in the very near future. They're saying as soon as this week, which would be amazing. Uh, I'm a little skeptical based on how long things have taken thus far. But um, if it could happen by Halloween, it would give Biden a much stronger hand as he heads into the climate conference in Glasgow um, and a lot stronger credibility in pushing other countries uh, to take more aggressive action moving forward. So, man, fingers crossed that that happens, but um, we will see. All right, so the bigger picture. Uh, For today's bigger picture, we're going to talk all about methane. Um, So admittedly, uh, until pretty recently, I didn't think methane posed any real threat to the world. Um, I I can distinctly remember uh, a college professor. It was an environmental politics class, and there was a a big slide on the board with uh, some sort of bar graph, and 
he his conclusion was that we didn't really need to worry about methane i took that to heart and uh haven't really worried about it since (laughs) um up until recently but uh he wasn't wrong uh that was the scientific consensus at the point but um the science has changed since then and methane has uh their methane emissions have rapidly increased in recent years in the last 10 15 years so um we need to address it all right so what is it uh it is a chemical compound composed of one carbon atom and four hydrogen atoms so you'll often see it abbreviated as its chemical formula which is ch4 Uh, it is the main constituent of natural gas i'll say that again the main component of natural gas we'll come back to that later um it accounts for about 20 percent of global greenhouse gas emissions and about 10 percent of u.s emissions that might not sound like that much however it is way more potent than co2 so it's like 30 times more effective at trapping heat uh, if you measure it over a 100 year period if you measure it over a 20 year period it can be as much as 85 times more potent than co2 at trapping heat so it's definitely something that we need to pay attention to Uh, so where does it come from it depends on what part of the world you're talking about Uh, the primary source varies by country but uh, the biggest source in the u.s is the agricultural sector if you combine um, the emissions from enteric fermentation as well as manure management then the ag sector at large um, becomes the biggest uh, culprit uh, so within that, it's mostly from cows burping, um, which I'm sure you've heard about. Uh, also farting, technically. There's, <laughs> there was a bit of a uh, controversy about this. It's mostly burping, but technically they're farting. They do some farting as well, which also um, emits methane. Um, so cows actually have like four stomachs, <laughs> but the important one for us is the first one called the rumen, where a sort of fermentation takes place Um, that compartment is filled with microbes that break down their really fibrous foods that cows like to eat like the grasses and stuff um, and they make them suitable for their bodies to use nutritionally and the waste product of those microbes is methane which the cows then breathe out okay so the next biggest source in the u.s and the biggest globally uh, is the natural gas and petroleum sector which is leaking methane throughout their production process since as i said earlier methane is the primary component of natural gas so uh, as that natural gas is leaked out um, methane is released into the atmosphere Um, another big source are landfills Um, as our organic waste our trash is breaking down Uh, in these dumps, mostly food products. As that's happening without oxygen, an anaerobic process, uh, that naturally releases methane. Here again, similar to the cows, microbes are eating those food scraps um, and those microbes are excreting methane. Uh, And then a smaller source, but still notable, uh, coal mines. Methane is actually naturally present within those and uh, methane is super flammable. So it's actually intentionally released through ventilation in order to prevent explosions and protect the miners there. All right, so why should we reduce it? Well, about 30% of our total post-industrial warming is due to methane. And at the moment, at least a quarter of today's warming comes from methane. 
that's a lot. Um, so it's all about short-term impacts here. And the benefits are twofold. Uh, first, it has a much shorter lifespan in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. Uh, so CO2 can last centuries in the atmosphere, whereas um, methane breaks down in a matter of 10 to 12 years. So cutting it back now will reduce the greenhouse effect in as little as 10 years. Uh, secondly, as I mentioned, it's way more potent of a heat-trapping greenhouse gas than CO2 is, as much as 80 times, 85 times as potent. Uh, so for every unit of methane that we remove from the equation, uh, pound for pound, the greenhouse effect is lessened substantially more than for every unit of CO2 that we remove. Um, that's not to say that we can just focus on methane because Quantity-wise, there is way more CO2 in the atmosphere, uh, so it still accounts for the majority of the planet's warming. But on a short-term scale, um, methane is the most effective way to cut uh, planetary warming immediately. Also, greenhouse effect aside, methane in the air is a key ingredient of smog, and it contributes to substantial health problems like asthma, premature death, and it is the results in millions of tons in crop losses around the world. So there's that. Uh, so how do we cut it back? Um, there's good news here, actually, uh, according to the UN, that uh, they say that all of the technology needed to immediately address methane emissions is already available. Many of the actions that can be taken are cheap, or they will actually save companies money. So that's great to hear. Uh, earlier this month in October, the U.S. and the EU lined up two dozen countries on a pact to reduce methane emissions 30% by 2030. They're planning to kind of reveal the details of this and announce more countries are signing out, signing on to it in Glasgow, but this was just kind of like a teaser for that. So the biggest slash quickest thing that can be done both globally and nationally is to stop those natural gas leaks. Um, so that means making repairs, upgrading equipment, and being just generally more careful throughout the production process. Um, all of those things cost money, but in many cases, uh, they can actually save those producers money because they'll lose less of their product and in the end have more of it to sell. And then also, if we put a fee on methane leaks, as is proposed in the reconciliation bill, uh, that would definitely make it worth the company's while to contain them. And then in agriculture, they're experimenting with different types of feed for the cows, like um, seaweed, for example, has been shown to cut down the methane emissions that the cows are burping. But at the end of the day, we should probably just be eating less cows. Um, I'm not going to wade too far into the vegan debate here because I understand that good food is one of the great pleasures of life. But at the end of the day, we Americans eat way too much meat. Um, I don't think that veganism or vegetarianism is realistic for everyone. I'm not suggesting that. But if you're in a place that you can cut back on your meat consumption, especially beef products, you should. Uh, we, we really just need to start treating meat and beef as a, as a luxury as opposed to a daily staple of our diets. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, 
in the waste sector, there are currently systems in place which can capture and funnel the methane that is emitted from landfills. But honestly, the way better way to cut those back is just by throwing less food away. Um, I know that composting is a lot of work to do on your own. That's a lot to ask. But luckily, there has been some government movement here. Back in 2016, California became the first state to require composting of waste. And starting this January, actually, January of 2022, um, cities and counties will need to establish a plan to do that. So looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Um, That's not going to add any burden on you. Um, You're not going to have to organize it any differently, but uh, you should take on the burden of wasting less food. Uh, The biggest single material in landfills is wasted food. And Americans throw away up to 40% of our food supply almost half of our food supply is wasted. And I mean, that's horrifying. So I'm not going to guilt you about becoming a vegan, but I will absolutely guilt you about wasting your food. Um, we, we all can be better about that. Just shop smarter, plan better. Don't buy excessive amounts of food. If you're regularly throwing food away, then change your habits. (laughs) You can fix that. That's an easy fix. And We should be better. Okay, now for the happy part. Um, So after my last episode, multiple people whose opinion I respect provided the feedback that they wished it were more happy, less depressing. Um, I do try to present these things in a positive light and point out the progress that's being made. But I also think it's really important that you, the listener, understand how serious and immediate of a threat climate change is so that you're willing to embrace the necessary changes. That being said, I understand that it's a balance and in order to stay motivated, to stay tuned in, you need some joyful glimmers to keep you going. So that's why I present to you the happy part. Um, so first a fun one for my fellow T-Bell lovers, Taco Bell, home of the Crunchwrap Supreme and the Cheesy Gordita Crunch, is now recycling used sauce packets. Uh, you have to ship them in to a company called TerraCycle, which will then clean and recycle your packets. Uh, however, I did not see anything about receiving a free Chalupa coupon for this, which seems like an obvious missed opportunity. So. Uh, you should get on that, T-Bell. Uh, and then a couple of science-y ones. Uh, researchers at MIT, shout out Coach Ringheim, found a way to create cool pavements which reflect more solar radiation than it, that otherwise creates that notorious heat island effect within urban areas. Um, this is another environmental justice story since communities of color are more exposed to the increased risks of these urban heat areas. And then Wired put out a story earlier this month about the emerging field of agrovoltaics, uh, which combines agriculture and renewable energy by installing solar panels directly above growing crops. Uh, Scientists describe it as a win-win-win because it, it shades plants from excessive sunlight. It saves water because the water evaporates less quickly in the shade. Uh, And then the sweat of the plants cools down those panels and makes them more efficient. 
And then we didn't even count produces renewable energy in there. So add another win. Um, this is uh, being researched around the country for different crops, regions, and climates. But uh, there's a lot of exciting potential there. So be happy, friends. Uh, progress is being made. We have our best people working on this, but we do have a long way to go. Um, so stay engaged, try to eat less beef, and I'll see you next time.